0: Hello? Can I speak to, to Marion? Hello, Hey, how you doing? Uh, I feel
1: kind of silly too with this, but um, this is the bush. This was the coffee house on MLK and Lucifer Park. You know, the one with the 4C natural. I see you on Thursdays all the time. You come in every Thursday on your lunch break, I think. And you always order, special. With the organic anytime I take you. You to be coming
2: and stuff.
3: Talk milk, gotta use water. But I always use some head soap for you.
2: Because I think you're kind of sweet. Um, how did you get my number?
3: You always got on some fly blue tracksuit. And your Air Force was a shiny dog, right? Thanks. For real, though. Who is this? So, uh,
1: look, man. I mean, I don't want to waste your time, but I don't usually do this. And I was wondering if maybe we could get together outside the coffee shop one day. Because I do look a lot different outside of my work clothes. Okay. I mean, I got an art show
3: coming up soon. Yeah, I'm an
1: artist. Maybe you come out and support? Wait, hold up. My cell phone breaking up. Hold up. Can you hear me now? Yeah. So, what do you say? To uh, who all gonna be there? Hey y'all, welcome to Who All Gonna Be There, a podcast by artists for artists. We talk cash shit about everything. Sometimes we get messy, and it all counts as art because we say <laughs> so. I'm Mel. I'm black. I'm a woman. Sometimes I'm an artist. It is what it is. Um this week I am taking a break from my twelve jobs and drinking vodka and hanging out on the porch. <laughs> so fair. I think I, I deserve.
3: <laughs> Hell yeah. My name is Maximiliano, aka Maxi No Intros. Um I support Melanie drinking on a porch. Um <laughs> and you can support Melanie and you can support Nat Turner Project by um going to our patreon page by becoming a patreon we have different tiers um from zines to buttons to totes exclusive videos um sign up um become a monthly patreon subscriber we have an etsy store where you can buy a lot of merch um our tote bags our buttons our pins our publications are all on there um find us on itunes leave a review um Follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher. Um, check out the podcast there. Um, follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Nat Turner Project. Um, if you have any other questions, you know, find us on one of those platforms, or you can email us at at Project 0 at gmail.com, And um, we will read qu- comments and we will read questions and um, what other whatever other um, stuff you guys want to talk about.
1: All right. Thanks, Max. So today is the first episode of our Black Abbey series. Black Abbey is a Black artists and writer's residency that was started by Sherita Town of a Black Art Ecology of Portland. Um, we have recently partnered with her um, to uh, follow through with the components of the residency. One of the artists in the program is someone who you may recognize from a previous episode. It's Makai Ariane Hi, Kai. Welcome back. Thank
4: you for having me back.
1: Thanks for joining us again.
4: Yeah. i have you know, y'all my people, so. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's do it again. There's a lot that's happened in between the last time we spoke, so.
1: Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Max, tell the people about Kai.
3: Okay, um... Makai Arion is an interna- is an interdisciplinary artist creating work about race, gender, identity, historical geography, environmental ontology, um, and social paradigm. With a focus in filmmaking and writing, she articulates intense commentaries around her social political concerns that manifest through her visual creations, centering on her black ex- on her experiences as a black American woman. She intends to present Alternate realities that persist in the minds of those who interact with her work. Born and raised in Oakland, California, Mackay is now based in Portland, Oregon. All
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe we'll talk a little bit about Oakland later, because stuff's happening there, too, right now.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed.
1: But, yeah, as you mentioned, it's, it's only been, like... The calendar tells me it's only been a month since we last talked, but it feels like about six or seven lifetimes. I'm not yes, going
4: Yes, yes, indeed.
1: A lot of things have happened in a very short amount of time. So my first question is, how are you doing? How are you coping with all of this?
4: Yeah, um, I guess I'm doing as well as can be expected. Um I'm I'm trying to meditate a lot and take care of my spiritual being um, because I know that if my spiritual being is not in the place that I want it to be, then my physical is going to start breaking down. So lots of herbs, lots of chamomile, lots of lavender. I literally drink essential oil lavender like every day, um, just because you know stress is like major um, on the body. And so I've just been, you know, I can't do the work that I want to do unless I am, not, am taking care of myself um, So, and my health. So that's what I've been focused on. Um, as far as how I've been doing, it's been a lot of tears. It's been a lot of anger. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of anger for sure. Um, some dark, dark thoughts, <laughs> some really dark thoughts. Um, but I've also been experiencing... I guess what I would describe is like survivor's guilt, which I guess maybe comes from like white guilt, but I, I don't know, or like, or white white people's, um, not white guilt, but white whiteness just kind of like coming into my life and making me feel guilty for being alive or cherishing the small wins that I've had, like graduating, um, and that I'm about to move into like my first real real apartment with my partner. Um, so yeah, it, it's been like kind of going through those, going through those emotions of like yeah, survivor skill. I guess that's all that I can kind of describe it as. So I've been trying to work through that and like figure out what that means and not beat myself up. I guess. I, yeah, I, I really don't have the words for it, which I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I guess I feel lost and i feel like i really don't know what's what's what to feel. I'm just trying to take it day by day. Yeah. That's how that's what's going on with me right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, i feel you on the on the lost thing. I'm definitely feeling that right now. I'm very much numb and a little bit dead inside, so i haven't mm-hmm. really cried the way i probably should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but i found that for me it's too much to try and process right now right so i'm trying to take it slow and just deal with it in pieces all i um, can do yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um are you sheltering in place right now still or are you going out like what your, what are you doing i have nah. i've
0: been
4: i've
1: been sheltering in place this whole time i saw a joke
4: i saw a joke um i'm not trying to call out those no states but, but i saw a junk it <laughs> said, Texas, Florida, and Georgia. Yeah. Now y'all better get y'all asses back in the house. Now that we've been, we didn't took the whooping. It was like something, it was like some, like, meme that had to do with, like, black households, like, the uh, context of yeah. like, growing up in a black household. Uh, but it was like, yeah, now y'all are going to get y'all whooping too because we've been taking it and y'all haven't done anything. It's like, now it's time for y'all to come back in the house. So, yeah, because they haven't, they haven't really quarantined. Their states, you know, haven't. done anything this entire time they've been I mean I've been watching the celebrities that live there friends I know that live there in those states and they just been basically living life normal so no I have been still sheltered in place Um, yeah I mean I just I feel like it's the safest form of action right now but again as I you know said in the last podcast I'm really a hermit already so this is like an excuse really not to interact with people and I don't really say not to interact with white people. It's really an excuse for me to really not have to interact with white people, um, which is cool. So, yeah, I've been I've been sheltered in place. I've been going out with the mask on. Like, yeah, I have not been playing around. Whatever you know, the information is just so like it changes every day that I just feel like you know I just rather keep my mask on and just social distance. Yeah, just protect myself and really protect the people around me. Like. My family, I'm about to go back home to California and my family, you know, they're gracious enough to be like, yeah, y'all going to catch flights and we're, you know, and we, we're we, okay with you coming through. And so, yeah, I've had the elderberry on deck every day. I take <laughs> elderberry. It's part of my diet. I take it in the morning and evening. Uh, but no, I've been sheltered in place. I have not been going outside.
1: Okay. Yeah, Max and I both have family in Texas and Georgia respectively and it I can't speak for Max but I know it has been stressful having yeah. to check in on my family. I also have a brother in Florida and they're Florida. just wildin they're wilding out over there and I don't <laughs> understand what is happening. So.
3: Yeah. Um yeah, I think yeah, my parents I think are still pretty much locked in. Um I have an older brother that's in Texas, but I don't know, he's never really um Cared about rules. My mom always called him a knucklehead, so I doubt he's doing any of this stuff. <laughs>
1: um, so, yeah, we were... When we last spoke to you, we were kind of... We are at the tail end of the beginning of the whole Rona thing. Mm-hmm. And then a few weeks after that, the, this latest iteration of the Civil Rights Movement broke out. Right. Um... And it feels like the entire country sort of imploded on itself, imploded on its like foundation of lies and right. mistruths and all that. So it was—it's a long time coming. I'm frankly mm-hmm. surprised it didn't happen earlier. Um, but of we are. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, how? Okay, take me back to May and when this all sort of started like exploding like how did you like process this like what did it feel like for you
4: um i mean off the bat it felt you know i was just angry i feel like it was just anger that was invalidated which is like You've been messed, you know, so messed up. And I'm actually writing a script right now with a friend of mine, Ansar Muhammad. I'm gonna drop drop. her. I love Ansar. Yes, super dope. We're writing a script right now about this, but I was feeling that my anger was not validated because, you know, this has been going on, it's been happening. And then it literally took for (laughs) everyone to be, I will not say everyone, it literally took white people's lives. Stopping for them to get what we have been yelling from the mountaintops and experiencing to for them to say something and for them to be like, Oh, yeah, like this is an issue. Like, that's been the heart. I think that's where my anger has come from. It's like, I'm so grateful that everyone's ejecting themselves out of this white patriarchal. You know, heteronormative, cisnormative—you uh, know—matrix. I'm super. I'm super happy about that. But on, but at the same time, it's like a, a deep, deep sense of irritation because it's like, damn, the world had to stop for y'all to give a fuck about Black lives. Like, the world literally had to stop. Like, y'all had to have all y'all toys taken away <laughs> for you to be like, oh yeah, like Black people not allowed on the playground. Like, you know, like I mean, you know, I'm just like, <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. mind-boggling to me you know, and so, but I guess, you know, I don't know, again, I'm, it's like, I'm stuttering because I'm thinking about all of the the things I've been reading and all of the black people I've been listening to from all sides of the spectrum, um, about their thoughts. And so I haven't really formulated, you know, what I really feel or believe. And that has to do a lot with the fact that grief is like the overwhelming feeling that's you know, take that is taking over me even being able to analyze any of this. I'm grieving. So, you know, I, and grief is a very complex, unexplainable emotion to be going through. So, yeah, but, you know, May came around and the end of May came around and the protests, you know, started happening. And I was like, 2020, you know, I didn't know what, I honestly, I didn't know what to think. And, you know, I was especially the saying that, that we can't gather, you know, I was like, that was like a juxtaposition that I didn't know how to feel about because I was worried. I was like, well, the protesters, like, even if I wanted to go out there, like, you know, like what's going to happen? So everything was uncertain um, at the end of May and it was just a whole bunch of chaos. That's what, that's what kind of was happening at the end of the day. And then and I was graduating and, I, and it was like, I was happy about that. But yeah, I'm sorry if I can't even articulate today. Like, I
1: I would be shocked if you could. I don't think anyone <laughs> can right now. Right, yeah, yeah, Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting and very much on point what you said, the, the reason why we're getting this kind of response to things that have literally been happening for centuries uh, is because the world stopped for white people. I think the flip side of that is the world stopped for us too Mm -hmm. and this is the first time we're actually being given space to breathe, like real. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that part's been kinda hard for me. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. Um, How are you breathing?
4: I think that I think that I'm um, I think that I'm grieving through art like yeah. I'm trying to grieve through my art because if I grieve in my body I can't get out of bed. So I I I literally feel paralyzed if I grieve through my body if I Oh, I said I wasn't gonna do this on this podcast. I said I wasn't gonna do this today. Okay. Uh,
1: okay.
4: Yeah. If I and I have to grieve through my art because if I grieve through if I yeah I have to grieve through the art. I wasn't gonna do this this early. Gotta make this song cry. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, um, yeah. Listen. Yeah, I have to grieve through my art. I can't. I
1: can't take it into my body. I yeah. can't. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's fair. Um, let's talk about your graduation. Um, you recently graduated from art school. You got those degrees. Um, yeah, ancestors proud. Yeah, you got, you got a few awards too, you know, as you do. My oh. family
4: is a fool too. It was like Michael
1: Jordan six rings. Get, oh excuse me, my bad, my bad, my
4: bad. But they was like Michael Jordan six oh, no, rings. No, no, no. We say nigga on here. It's okay, nice. I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, I, I too, You know, I respect y'all. I mean, y'all not that much older than me, but I do. You know, my grandparents and stuff. They say I can't say it around them because you know oh. they they grew up in the movement. You know, but anyway, yeah, my family was like six rings. Michael Jordan.
1: What's all fool, bro? Yes. Uh, It was a virtual ceremony. Um, Max and I were both in attendance um, and you delivered what I can only describe as a breathtaking graduation speech. So now that
2: I have your attention
1: and I have been given
2: a platform to speak, I will do so accordingly with the strength and power of my ancestors behind me. White people, All of you owe your privileged existence to black people. Therefore, you all have work to do, right now and for eternity. I see you and you need to get on the front lines and do everything in your power to change the situation. Do the right thing in every waking moment of your life, starting now. We deserve action and it is up to your race to fix the problem it has created. Even if this means risking your life do not stand idle if what i have said angers you or makes you shift in your seat i want you to think about the anger and aching that is in people's hearts that i like so many others across the nation cannot separate this moment of celebration from what is so blatantly happening in america as we celebrate today know that this celebration comes with a task attached to it if the title of artists and activists of change mean anything to you then walk the walk. Hold your family, friends, teachers, mentors, strangers, and most importantly yourselves accountable. No one can do this for you. You must decide to elevate and evolve your existence in a way that benefits and supports all living beings on planet earth. Within this last minute, I would like to speak directly to my beloved family, black people, I want you to know that this hatefulness and evil will not prevail. It is not sustainable, and those who continue to live in murderous and oppressive ways will face themselves and be forced to reckon with their acts against humanity by any means necessary. Change is on the rise. You are not alone, and however you choose to deal with the death of our loved ones, with this fatigue, with this anger, with this hurt, is okay. It is perfectly fine. I stand with you, and we are not alone. I will forever continue to speak out with you and fight for and beside you. I am wishing you eternal healing, justice, and freedom. To all of you here today, thank you for allowing me to speak and listening with openness and humanity. I will leave you with this quote from the Japanese philosopher Aisaku Ikeda. It's important to become strong and to not be defeated. Whatever obstacles you may encounter, Please use them as a launching pad for your growth and keep advancing. Anxiety and fear may be contagious, but so is courage.
4: Bravely lead with the heart of a lion. Thank you all very much.
1: Um, not going to lie, I cried a couple times. I know some other folks who cried. Um, when did you decide to write that speech? Because I know you... If I know you, I feel like you had something else planned and then all this popped off and you revised the speech.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. I actually, um, the only person that can, uh, can attest is my partner. He saw me writing this. I actually was still writing the speech as the program was going on. Um, and it got to a point where he kind of just like he put his hand on my hand and was like, you, like you're good. Like you don't need, cause like, and, and, and what's so crazy is like what I was revising was adding names to the list of black people who had been killed. And that was like a very emotional thing to be going through. And that's when he just kind of was like, just stop. Like you, like because, and it's crazy because it's like, as I was, as I was trying to write and I was trying to, cons- and I was like trying to consolidate everyone. And I, I honestly, what I really wanted to do for my speech was just read names. Like I literally just wanted to read names the whole time, but I was revising that part of my speech. So I wrote it up until I spoke. And even when I spoke, I couldn't, the end, I told my mom, my mom was like, child, your ancestor Rosalie Beard, my great grandmother, she's like, I know she must have jumped in your body. I was like, yeah, something jumped inside of me because the, the I felt like I, it was an outer body experience. I was so angry and like trembling. But yeah, I went off the script because um, I had started not to like talk to white people directly. And then I was just like, fuck that. Like, <laughs> like, like, fuck y'all. Like, I can't do, I can't. Like, cause I was thinking, well, you know, it's a graduation ceremony and like, I don't want to hijack it because, you know, it, it's not just about me. Like, it's not, a, it's not the Makai show. And I was like, and then I was like, you know what? Fuck that. Like, if that was the case, then y'all shouldn't have asked Makai Arion Lewis to do this <laughs> You knew... You know what I'm saying? Like, you knew, and that's one thing my mom was saying. My mom, you know, because I've uh, called my mom tons of times throughout my four-year career um, of all of the things that I've experienced at my institution that have been very inappropriate and very racist. And I've been labeled at, you know, the institution. I know they talk about it under their breath. I, I can see it in the way certain people interact with me that, oh, she's a troublemaker. Or, like, if I walk into a class, the teacher's like, oh shit, like and it's like, yeah, I'm gonna call it out every time. Like I'm gonna do that every time. So my mom was like, they know who they asked, they know who they asked, but at the same time, she gave me some really good encouragement and mindful as well as not being like, you know, tokenized because it's like, yeah, they knew who they asked to give the speech. So yeah, it was just a whole it was a whole bunch of stuff going on in my mind. But whatever you know, what had to be said was said. I feel like that I needed to get that I needed to get through for myself, and that I needed to get through to that to specific community of people that I feel like I knew. I spent four years with you, and I, I feel like I know how you operate. I know kind of a little bit of what you think and your actions in the world. So, yeah, I, you know, it's it's very humbling that um, people felt that you know that it was that powerful that they released in that way by crying or, yeah, you know, that they released in that way. Um, But, yeah, I was pissed. I'm I'm still pissed. I'm trying to, like, again, not internalize the anger because I don't want that to start depleting my cells and and my body. But, yeah, I was mad. (laughs) I I was pretty upset that day. Um, And so that's kind of where it came from.
1: Like, I, I saw your face when you were giving that speech, and I felt it. And, like, I just felt like you, your expression was just how all of us felt at that particular moment. Um, and I just want to say I really admire you giving such an honest and frank speech in front of, like, that particular audience. I don't... I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have had the courage to give that speech at your age. Um, and I just marvel at just how, how honest and, and how, how, just how much truth you delivered in that moment when we needed it. And I liked that you, there was a part that was addressed to white people, but there was also a part addressed to black people and like wishing them rest wishing them space and time for grief and i just thought it was lovely that. max what did you think of this speech
3: yeah um i agree with like melanie's sentiments i thought this speech um was really good um you know always <clears throat> being a fan of yours for um yeah over four years there um there comes maybe like an expectation but then also like wanting to like not have expectations, because that becomes, like, its own thing, and then I get, like, this idea of, like, not wanting to know, like, how to use that time, but then I love, uh, that idea that, like, yeah, they asked you, so they're gonna get, they're gonna get you, and, um, to not, like, uh, to not, like, um, be, like, a less version of yourself, right, like, you know, is it the, is it the Makai show, um, but then, yeah, earlier with the Jordan comparison, it was, like, does Jordan ever ask that, so, um, it's the same thing, right? (laughs) but but definitely no i definitely thought it was like really powerful and um i think yeah the the courage and it definitely um had moments where i had goosebumps where i was like yeah this is powerful but then also imagining um like how it was how it was being taken to like um to this like institution that we've all had um muddled experiences with so so that was like also like felt very like validating and like confirming and also like um as if like you're like yeah like a kind of like a champion in that way to take on um a lot of the bullshit that has um, transpired <laughs> from that school.
4: Yeah, I I think too. You know, the white liberal is so complex. So yeah, I'm not used to dealing with the white liberal. So that's been like a diff- a thing. Like navigating these past four years is like I'm used to like the outward like racist because um, I moved from Oakland when I was nine. And we moved to it my mom moved me to a suburb because i was like fighting too much um so and not getting like the education she felt i should and yeah they i'm used to like people like like walking down the halls with people who would say like the n-word and like being like dang like what battle am i gonna tackle today like <laughs> yeah so this this was interesting of like people who smile in your face but then like do things to like keep you from getting ahead and opportunities behind your back or like, yeah, just all, all types of stuff like that. But I really got my strength from, um, I prayed to my ancestors before I went and gave the speech, but I also was like looking at all of the people, black kids who like, I can only describe them as kids cause I'm gonna be 22 and they're like 16, like 15 and like out there, like being so, vocal, and I was just like, this is for them, like, this is like, this is for everyone to know that, like, um, I watched the BET Awards, and Dion Cole said something hella funny, he was like, no more, when you go back to work, no more talking white, like, which we know, like, in, you know, in in academic studies, or like, if you read any, um, you know, work on code switching, or whatever you want to call it, that like, yeah, but he was like, no more, no more talking white when you go back to work. Like, you can be your blackest self. Like, you can, you know, be as vocal as, basically, I take it is, like, be as vocal as you want to be and, like, don't ever, you know, minimize yourself out of fear of, like, not getting a head or, you know, anything like that. So that's that's basically what I, what I wanted to put forth as far as that speech, for sure.
3: Yeah, then I, um one other point you brought up is this idea that um you were, like, a troublemaker or, like, a bad student like, I mean, like, hearing that, to me, it sounds so ridiculous, as, like, you're, like, literally probably the best student ever, um, you do, like, all the extra credits, you know all the answers, and stuff like that, and then this idea that, like, um, yeah, like, the people in power, like, white teachers will, will just perceive you as, as a troublemaker, because you challenge them, or you question them, when it's, like, really them, like, with the racist problems, but this, like, mindset that, um, so many, like, yeah, black kids get, in school is that they're troublemakers and stuff like that. I think that's, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I think that's really ridiculous. But um, that's
4: where I've been feeling liberation, though. Like, that's where I, and yeah, that's where I've been feeling liberation. And um, Amanda Seals has said it, like, you know, that those of us who haven't felt, that like the small win of this, I guess, is that those of us who haven't felt like the courage or like the support in being able to speak out now feel liberated to speak out. And then those of us who have felt isolated and alienated because we've been speaking out, feel liberated now that all of these companies are sending these emails, like, you know, it's like, and now everyone is, you know, saying saying things about it. So it's definitely was like, it definitely was a liberation that like, no, I'm not crazy. And I'm not like, you know, this, this person that like, I guess people, View as like oh they can never relax or like oh they can never rest like it's always it's always something and it's like yeah it is always something because you're always doing something so yeah
1: yeah so now that you have this degree what are you gonna do what's the plan ah <laughs> uh, the plan is to fuck the
4: man fuck the white man no like you don't know, forget him like. Nah, but I guess my plan is really to just keep doing what I've been doing, but I guess on a larger scale. Um, So, yeah, now I just really want to, like, do all of the art things, like, and support other Black artists, which is what y'all as my mentors and Sharita Town and all of the great Black people that I've been able to interact with have shown me that, like, that is the work. It's, like... Helping those who are like coming after you, so that they have like a support for a better future, which is literally like you know in my in my artist statement, which may be so like cold and robotic, but like you know building this alternate reality for them and like this positive alternate reality. So that's really really what I want to do. But um, I think I'm gonna like I I kind of went on like a soul searching over this quarantine because I had applied to two graduate schools. Um, um, in November and my reasons for applying to those graduate schools I see now was like very um, like superficial and when I got my rejection letters from both of those graduate schools the amount of relief that I felt was out of this world and that was my like waking up moment that like yeah I definitely don't want to get a master's degree in those in that subject Um, and that I really want to move toward my purpose of like um, herbalism or like plant life and spiritual healing through the earth. And so that's kind of where I am now. Um, And I guess my art degree helps with that because what I'm getting to even with my art is just healing and letting like literally my art is made for black people to know that like they're not alone, that we're not alone, and that there's always going to be someone for you, whether they're in the, in the ancestral plane, or whether they're in this present plane, or whether they're coming up behind you and you don't even see them yet. So that's really where I'm going now. Um, but I am going towards, um, I'm going towards like deeply into herbalism and hopefully can become like a community herbalist soon and like, you know, start getting um, like black people more connected to our roots literally which is like the earth and taking care of the earth and being connected to the earth and things like that that's really really important to me so yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm doing now
3: so to to tag on that you said you were looking for an apartment earlier does that mean you'll be staying in portland
4: i won't be staying in portland Aww. i know i know but this city matured me like i feel like oakland raised me but this city matured me And, you know, I guess people always say where you spend your college years is like, you know, it's like a second home and the community here, the black community here, I will never, ever turn my back on this place. Like when I get the paper that I'm trying, when I get the abundance, I've been trying not to say money, but when I get the infinite abundance that I'm manifesting right now, yeah, it's going to be some checks. It's going to be some checks coming to this city for sure. Um, and I always, always am going to, you know, shout out this city because other people feel like this is like some type of like white utopia like city, and they're like, oh, well, there's not even no black people there, and I'm like, that's a lie. Like, that's, that is a lie, and we need to stop. Black <laughs> people, thank you. Exactly. So, so yeah. So I am moving. I'm gonna move to. Um, I'm gonna move back to California um, to be closer to family. Um, so yeah, um so yeah, I'm looking for an apartment in California and I haven't decided whether I'm going to be in SoCal or NorCal yet, but yeah.
1: Okay, okay. Um that first of all, I don't know which institutions would be dumb enough to reject you. That's number <laughs> one, and that's how you know the whole fucking system is a scam. Number two. <laughs> um <laughs> i'm excited about this direction that you're taking i mean i'm not happy that it's taking you away from us but (laughs) 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 Um, i think that that is definitely the wave right now like thinking of ways to like ways of being that are sustainable um accessible um and how to like kind of like spread the roots of like the things that you have and can give to others and what they can give back to you I think a lot. A lot of folks talk about legacy in terms of like financial stuff, right. but I think of legacy in terms of like what are you leaving behind for the people coming behind you? Like, right. how are you ensuring that they can do twice as much as you, or three times as much, and so and so on and so on, so that you know this thing continues to like grow and and build or whatever? And it seems like you're doing that work, yeah. which I really love.
4: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it, I guess I'll shout out this dream because it'll it'll make it it'll make speaking it make it powerful, but towards manifesting it. But yeah, I definitely imagine having some type of landmass that Black people can come to um, as refuge Mm -hmm. um, to really like rest. And there's this there's this program I actually found, or collective, or organization. I don't know what they would prefer to be identified as, but it's called the Nat Ministry. And they're, yeah. yeah, they're based, I think, out of Atlanta, Georgia, and just everything that they're saying is so on point. Um, they're like, yeah, like what I said in my speech, like no matter what form of resistance you take, like whether that be protest or whatever, like, that, like that's fine. All of those are needed, but I think I definitely lean towards like what the NAP ministry is talking about, about like rest and liberation through rest and like, not working ourselves to death because that's like literally what our ancestors died from and like finding all of these other these other ways of of resistance that really focus on black people taking care of themselves like inside um so that we can like affect the whole of like other black people in our community that like we like manifesting happiness within ourselves like you know so that's yeah i i I fuck with them tough and i'm like dang i wish i would have found them earlier but I guess you find,
3: you know, what you need in due time. Yeah, I'm also uh, bummed to find out you're leaving Portland, but um, thinking about uh, mustard greens, I can totally see um, your herbalism um, direction and stuff. So, hell yeah. And I also remember, like, I feel like a few months ago, or maybe when we were interviewing you for um, the Drinking Gourd Fellowship, you are talking about, like, environmental racism, and you had, like, a different like, movie idea or, like, project in the works, but it still yeah, seems yeah. like the same uh, shared threads. Yeah, yeah.
4: I, I don't know if it'll be listed on my diploma, but I did do an art and ecology minor um, with my intermediate degree, and I just, yeah, I've I've, grow, I've grown up in, like, I've grown up in herbalism my entire life, um, but I think that I was encouraged not to share that with the world, and I have so much compassion for that now because I know that that was my like family's way of protecting me and what they, you know, how they thought that I would be able to get ahead in life and things like that. So I have total compassion and empathy for that. But I do know that now I want to like pivot away from that and that, um, that this information can be shared, you know, you know, with the whole, um, and yeah. And I, and I was talking to my uncle about this too the other day and he was like, so what, you don't want people going to hospitals? And I was like, like look, just cause I'm like, one, you want people you to be able to heal themselves naturally, quote unquote, whatever, you know, naturally, if there's something really wrong, please go, you know, to the hospital, like I think surgery and like technology is super incredible. And two, like, it, you know, my whole thing is like, I just want people to have equal access to this stuff. Like what, no matter what you believe, like, even if I don't believe in going to the hospital, like everybody should be able to have the choice to go to the hospital and not be getting killed by white doctors specifically black women and black trans women not be getting killed by white doctors toward don't who think that we're like these animals that can just take like all this pain or whatever like when we tell them something's wrong and they're not listening to us that was a rant. I can go down that rabbit
1: hole all day I can go down that rabbit hole too <laughs> right <laughs> I mean yeah that I definitely believe in um, herbalism and alternative medicines, in um, kind of uh, in sync with Western medicine because obviously Black people, uh, there's a huge gap with with the treatment of Western medicine with Black people. Like, I have tons of stories about of doctors saying and doing atrocious things to me. I have stories about. Like of undergoing major surgery and having to beg for pain meds because yeah. they apparently grown ass doctors don't believe black women feel pink.
4: pain. So, that's, exactly. That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. It's just it's it's ridiculous. So yeah, I think any any sort of inroads to try and bridge those gaps, I think, are huge and necessary. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Do you imagine? I don't know. Coming back to visit, oh, <laughs> always working, working with.
4: Her. Oh, oh, always. Yeah, just. I, yeah, I feel like just because I I moved like ten or twenty hours away doesn't mean that I'm not gonna you know road trip back to this place. Especially because I feel like I was like not able to. I was. I had my head so in the books. Like I had you know for these past four years and like making sure that I graduated on time so that you know I wouldn't have to take out more loans and like you know, my mom not have to take out more loans or things like that. So I was so buried in the books that I looked up my junior year and I was like, whoa, like you're leaving in like two years and you haven't even explored. Like not like like the like on a on a minute scale, like or micro scale is like the businesses that I found, like restaurants, like black restaurants that I found. They're vegan because I'm vegan, but the black, like, vegan restaurants I found that are like smacking. And I'm like, I've been eating this bland ass white vegan food like in downtown. Like, I could have been over here in the Northeast. So, yeah, I definitely, definitely am, am going to come visit for sure. Like, without a doubt,
1: without a doubt. Okay.
0: <laughs> um.
1: So, yeah, you're here as part of our Black Abbey series. Um, Four Parter, you're number one. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you're working on during the Black Abbey Residency.
4: Yeah, right now I've been using the space. Um, so I guess, I guess I haven't been like sheltered in place exactly because I've been going to like the actual like physical space, but masked up, like <laughs> up, like up, <laughs> like, like not talking to nobody. Um, but yeah, I have been using that to just like write. And like I said, I'm working with Ansar on an animation film right now that we're scripting together. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Um, and she's do, and she actually is a fellow with Open Signal. So um, and she brought me on as a co-writer. But um, yeah, I've been you know trying to be in a space because my I like small studio apartment, Can't I just I can't really breathe here um, like that. So I've been going there to like really write. But I have some photographs that I want to see what I can do with. Um, And these photos are from my, when I did my film, Mustard Greens. Um, I took some, you know, photos while I had the actors and actresses, you know, on screen. But, um, yeah, I definitely want to do something with photography. So, again, figuring out because everything's closed. like Like, I wanted to do some alternative photography, but I know dark rooms are closed and then, like, there's like a Portland dark room, but it only, it doesn't do alternative. Like it only does just regular black and white where I'm trying to do like the dangerous stuff, which is like salt printing and Van Dyke and um, those type of things. So yeah. So I don't even, and I, and I don't know with COVID, like if those materials are even being shipped because they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Cause they are like toxic, respiratory things. And I have like a gas mask that I would use when using it, but I'm just saying I don't know if the companies – I haven't done any of that. But I want to do something with photo, in short, to get back to your question. And I just want to do something with photo. And so I'm trying to figure out what that looks like, whether that's, like, screen printed or something of the sort. But, yeah, that's what I'm working on right now.
3: Yeah. Have you been running into any other residents at the Black Abbey?
4: Um No. <laughs> and if I do, I'm, like, way, way right at the – Far into the hall. Um, <laughs> but no, I haven't I haven't run into anyone. And I think, you know, too, that, um, of course, I would love to connect with everyone. I'm, and maybe, you know, we can, like, do, like, a, I don't know, like, a Zoom party or something. But I think that, too, that just shows, like, the incredible responsibility on part of Nat Turner Project and BAPE that, like, y'all are, like, taking the steps and, like, it's very protocoled on, like, who's going to be there what day and things like that, which, like. I appreciate because, yeah, it's a a stress for sure of, you know, people like, oh, I want to do this residency, but like also like, you know, being protected from or protecting other people, you know, if you're, if you're, I guess, asymptomatic or whatever they're saying. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing I really, really appreciate about the program is like, I know I can feel that other people are there, but I'm not interacting (laughs) with them. Um, But yeah, maybe, maybe another lifetime.
3: Do you, uh, do you believe in ghosts? Oh, definitely. Do you definitely. think uh, the Alberta Abbey is haunted?
4: Definitely, it is definitely haunted. I've stayed there mm. until. So wait, so I had did like the tour, and I was like, because I have been there before, but I've only been to like where most of the people are, like the remodeled like area, and then I was like doing the tour, and then I was like, um, there was all these nooks and crannies, and. My black woman that I am <laughs> was like like okay, I'm done with this tour. Like you don't need to show me nothing else. <laughs> like <laughs> and he was like, Yeah, you know, you could be back here and he was like pulling up like the like all of these nooks and crannies and addicts and I was like, Look, listen. <laughs> I don't know, I don't want to see that nothing else. And then I was there, um, I think I was there until like ten and it was like getting dark and no, I think I was I was there late. I was I left at like eleven. It was like dark, and I was—I don't know what I was hearing, but I was hearing something in there, and I was like, "Yeah, let's go." <laughs> so I have my father like bring me, bring me some stuff. But yeah, I've definitely growing, growing up my entire life, definitely been highly sensitive to that type of stuff too. And maybe one day I'll share the story of when I was a kid and I was being haunted, because um, uh, we had actually found out that the house we were renting from was like from ex Nazis. We didn't oh, even. Stop. Oh shit! Yeah. So all of that negative energy was in the house, and then the, our landlord was like a slum lord and he was like a horrible person, um, and he was like, like he was just a terrible person. So all of that energy we were experiencing, but I was like being haunted, and my family actually had. I said, I said maybe next time, and I'm going on. With the door. Anyway, let me let me let me clean it up. Okay. So, but we actually have a family photo because um, there was black mold in the house. And so the doctor was like, oh, your daughter's hallucinating because it's just the black mold. But my mom being you know the ancient text person that she is interested in this stuff actually found like an ancient old tech, like legend or like Native American legend that said that black mold actually sprouts from spirits being somewhere. Like it's not the other way around. Um, So my mom was like, yeah, and then we have a photo of me and there's like, in every photo with just me, there's like a strip of like a, some like energy strip in the photo. So my mom was like, yeah, we get up out of here. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I think definitely the Albert, yeah, it can be haunted for sure, but only at night.
3: (laughs) (laughs) How long were you at that house?
4: We were at that house. um, What was that? I was six, seven. We were at the house for like two and a half years. We were at that house for two and a half years. Yeah. And I was seeing all types of stuff, like skeletons and the radiator. And like, I was always sick in that house too. Um, But yeah, my, and my mom, like, and we're, we're Buddhists. Like I've grown up in the, in Buddhist, And so my mom was like, well, we was bringing some good energy in there. We must've been like, Like, it was trying, like, it must have been, like, you know, not liking that we were chanting our, you know, our, um, our faith. We were, you know, conjuring positive energy and it was, like, getting around or whatever. But, yeah, we was in the house for a minute and, yeah, terrifying, terrifying. But I can talk about ghosts and, like, that stuff all day. Um,
1: so... One of the byproducts of everything that has happened in the past few weeks is there's been a lot of white guilt. Um, mm-hmm. I've gotten a barrage of text messages from oh where? from white friends and white enemies um, <laughs> checking in on me, seeing if I'm okay. Um, there's been an uptick um, in, in like on my Etsy page from people buying my shit because it's about black stuff, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nat Turner Project has seen a a little bit of an uptick. Um, so we were wondering, like, are you experiencing anything from what I like to call the white guilt boon um on your side?
4: Yeah. Um and yeah, I yeah, I think I'm not exploiting it, but like Yeah, if you want to pay me money, pay me money. Like, I'm not going to, like, ever, like, not take your money. Like, that you, you know, is comes from years and years of oppression. And that like, that's how you're able to have all of this money. Um, But, yeah, there's definitely been a rise. Actually, when this all, like, the protests were, like, happening, um, someone, some, some, a black artist actually was like, yeah, like, it's great to support these organizations, but you also can, like, just support black people that you know directly, like, you can do that as well, and so I had reposted it, and I was like, y'all can just buy my book, and yeah, I got, like, <laughs> a major influx and in orders and things like
1: that, so. Um, and let me just interrupt to say that the link for Kai's book, Mustard Greens, will be in the show notes, y'all need to click on that link and buy her book, because it's fire, so. I,
4: David. I yeah, I just had a, um, I was like was getting teary eyed, but there's I sent it to a couple of black bibliophiles. Um, I saw some Instagram stories, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and one of them, Courtney, um, she, uh, she, her name is Coco underscore chasing adventures, uh, Ch- Coco underscore chasing underscore adventures, um, and she wrote like a beautiful review that had me like taken aback but she was like it's a collectible art like (laughs) go get it and I was like yeah because these um I think I only have like maybe like 60 left and yeah I'm not gonna make like if I do do a reprint like there won't they won't be all of this any like the you know the in the inserts and all those type of things because, yeah, my sciatica making the books, <laughs> was
1: like. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about the process of making the books? Because, like, Max and I, you were kind enough to send us copies. Uh, I'm still going to go ahead and buy one, but No, the that's a for so, show
4: write-off. You already, you're already No, no, I'll buy
1: one even if it's just to send it to someone because, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um your book it's not just a book it is art it's it's amazing it's it uh, it's across multiple mediums um, and genres I would say can you talk a little bit about the process of making the book
4: yeah um, I got to give big ups to my mentor Shrita town Woo-hoo. also is a co-publisher on the book black art ecology of Portland um, helped me co-publish a book with my publishing Ariane Mine, Manifesting That. <laughs> um, yeah, we co-published a book together and she, you know, I mean, she's been making books for years. So like, so much knowledge, so much design knowledge. And um, we went through the process of like, you know, I was like, I want to have, I wanted to be like a, almost like a childlike experience of like pop-up books. And I had started, I had uh, was playing around with pop-up books um, like before I started doing this. And so, yeah, the process was we did um, printed Rizzo. So all of the like inserts, there's 3D inserts, the two letters written by love and death. And then there's the ticket, which is um, also Rizograph printed. So gold Rizograph. And Sherita I think actually has the only dual like like Rizograph printer in all of Portland or something like that. Like it's super cool. Um, but yeah, we, we printed all, all of those. And then, yeah, I had to go through and like figure out how I would, I wanted the experience to be, of like the unfolding. Cause there were so many things that like actually at first I was going to have an actual envelope. And so yeah, the process, um, yeah, I hand folded every single letter and cut, we cut every single ticket and like I created this cool way of like, you know, cutting into the page so that the ticket could actually come out and you could put it back in. And that really is coming from that one day, I really wanna have a screening in person and I would um, that would be like people's ticket to actually get in the screening. They would actually have to bring that to the screening and so it was important that people were able to take that out. But yeah, that's one of the things that I use the residency for is actually having the space, like this huge space to actually create an assembly line and yeah, I worked for two days. Last week, actually, um, doing, making the last 60 books that I had and folding. And it was so therapeutic. Like, it was so therapeutic to, like, kind of do something mindless, but also for something cool, which is my books. But yeah, that was kind of, like, how the process, the process went for that. Nice.
1: It, it really is a beautiful book. It's, it's very much in the tradition of Black people doing 10 times as much um, as their white counterparts because that was your thesis um that is easily graduate level work if not more but, um yeah it's a beautiful book you, you should be proud seriously and i hope that it continues to get the recognition that it deserves
4: yeah like i got 60 left y'all hit the link
1: like <laughs> the link they not going to be around for long i'm
3: telling y'all yeah oh yeah um I just noticed something that uh, the picture behind you is your Instagram profile.
4: Oh yeah 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 yeah. 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 This pic oh this picture. Um yeah, it's not the exact picture of my profile, but it's the same day. Oh, okay. And yeah, this is a uh, um my homegirl Alejandra. She's also a super dope artist. Alejandra,
1: Alejandra Sevilla. Yes. Yes. yes.
4: Super dope artist. An
1: artist. Yes.
4: Yeah, but maybe we can put her. I don't know her Instagram. It's like AJ. I okay. got something. All right. Okay. do she? She taught me how to do like some like basically printmaking in quarantine, which is where you print out like an ink transfer. Like you print out like ink from a printer onto um, like transparency paper, and then you like take it. She was doing it with a pencil, and then I was like, let me try a bone folder, and the bone folder. Like rubbing it onto a piece of paper, it gives it like this, like illustration. Let me just pull it down. It gives it like this, like it looks like it's like an illustration almost. Like wow, if you look up really close, it looks like it's an illustration. Um, but yeah, as someone who
1: say that again, can you hold it to the thing again? I'm gonna take the screenshot.
4: Okay. Yeah, it looks like, um, it looks like an illustration and for someone who does not draw, <laughs> and I can give a present to people that looks like I drew it, <laughs> that's excellent. So, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's really, really cool. Um, but yeah, that is that same day. That's at my great-grandparents' property in Oakland, 160 Catron Drive. Um, I hope to one day buy that property back. Um, I'm just using this as a manifest uh, whole thing today. <laughs>
3: yeah, oh <yeah>, manifest <laughs> all the things.
4: Time now put all that out. Okay, yeah, definitely want to buy them. But Yeah, that's the property that I grew up on in East Oakland, in Branning Park. Um, yeah, and I, and I, it was taken away from our family when I was 17, which is when my great grandmother passed away. So um, but yeah, that's where that's where I grew up, and so those photos just of like me in that house, like at all is just so, so lovely for me. Um, yeah, and that's too, and my book was like, major inspiration and for that home and that area was major inspiration for my book, so.
1: Yeah. And speaking of Oakland, Oakland's been in the news a lot lately. Um, yeah. For various reasons, good and bad. Yeah. Um, I, want, I was wondering what your thoughts are
4: on what's going going on in Oakland right now? Yeah, um, I was like the when Angela Davis came out for the Juneteenth celebration. I was so mad that I had picked my flight to be later on. <laughs> but even still, you know, me, me and my mom were talking. we was like, I wouldn't have gone out anyway. Like, great, like big ups to everyone who went out. But I just personally just don't. I just don't feel safe going going out in crowds at this point in time um but yeah that was like that was really really incredible um but yeah as far as as far as everything else i mean i've been trying to keep up but at the same time i'll probably keep up more once i actually get back into california but to be honest i've been keeping up more with portland because this is where i live right now and this is like although that's where i'm from like again portland is added to my list of like people and community that i care deeply about and will care about forever so I've been more so, um, yeah, I've been more so focused on Portland. But yeah, what what in specific about Oakland are you referring to?
1: Um, I know they were trying to launch um, some income programs. There's been some housing initiatives there. Oh yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, 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 yeah. California also is doing. They said that you know the residents should have to be should be like getting a paycheck because I guess that there was something being talked about. Um, I don't know if it was Gavin Newsom, governor, talking about it or who was saying it. But someone was saying, like, it makes no sense that majority of Americans who are middle class, like, and they were saying not the house, like, not even the houseless population. Like, we're literally talking about people who are middle class, can't even have $400, $400 saved if there's a catastrophe like this. Like, that doesn't make sense. So I definitely think that they should be paying the residents of California a base, like, just a check for being there. Because California is a state and it's literally on the world GDP list like and it's up there. I think it's like like but before five. Like it's like one through five that California's up there. Like which is ridiculous. like that's crazy because it's a state. Like it's a state. It's not even a country. So the fact that it is on the world it is it, it we make that much money in California, which we know because we have Silicon Valley in the Bay and then we have Los Angeles. We have Hollywood in LA. You have enough money to pay the residents, and if not all residents, pay the black residents, the oh, indigenous yeah. residents. <laughs> like those are the people that we need to pay. So yeah, I'm all I'm all for that. I'm also all for San Francisco defunding the police and saying that they are going to take the steps and put it actually in action to not have police answer nonviolent calls. A, a lot of this stuff, I'm just like, we should have been doing this. Like you, you. Like, it shouldn't take all of these things, for, but whatever, take the win, I guess. But again, I'm like, that's whiteness, because my mom was like, no, you should be able to be mad. Like, we shouldn't, be, you know, like, we shouldn't have to be like, oh, I guess I'll take the win, you know, where, where it is. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just how
1: I feel. I'm like, no, let's get all the things done. Like, let's get all the things done. The win doesn't mean now I have to be silent. No, i mean keep talking, I'm going to keep going until you give me everything that I asked for. Because you <laughs> everything when you take a life you are taking
4: everything
1: yes yeah. and i mean not to mention with all the lives that have been taken with all the murder with all the genocide that has been launched and initiated on american soil in the name of democracy honestly there's not a thing they can give us back that can make up for that but they can from plan, right yeah exactly and they need to try and they need to try a hell of a lot harder than they have been
4: wait what's been so funny is um black people being like okay this is what we demand and then them being like hmm how about i send an email or "Hmm, how about we paint the street look and i'm not saying none of this is is wrong but i'm just like that is funny um can you cancel the nba how about we let the players put their social justice that they stand for in the jerseys (laughs) like dude (laughs) like this is why we can't get anywhere
1: yeah I'm asking you to defund the police, and you are removing episodes of Golden Girls from Hulu. (laughs) Come on now, we (laughs) need to get on the same page. Oh man. (laughs) Um. Yeah, it's. uh, I got. I can't lie. I can't. We're six months into. 2020 and it has been the longest six months slash seven years of my life right 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 <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea where we're gonna land at the end of this year like
4: i'm gonna need i'm gonna need my um i have like some like basically like brothers like um younger brothers and sisters um you know I, I i don't know about other people's families but in my black family we don't do all that step brother. Type yeah. stuff. So those are my those are my newly found you know younger siblings, and they I need them to stop joking though on TikTok talking about
0: <laughs> oh
4: it's like how do I explain this? There's a TikTok that they've been recreating, and it basically has it's uh, synced to Jordan Peele's US music, uh-huh. and it has children saying I I interacted with a time traveler and the time traveler. Is from later in 2020, and the time traveler jumps in. And is like, what year is what, what part I of 2020? And it's like, oh, so it's the quarantine part, not the zombies part. Listen, <laughs> yeah, I like, I like, yeah, that's, what, that's where the joke stops. Like, we're not, <laughs> we're not, yeah. I can't be Michonne and Walking Dead. Like, I can't, like, you know what? Like, I
1: don't have that strength. Like, I can't be, if you don't have that strength. Yes. <laughs> you know, but I, will, I will work a samurai sword, child, for <laughs> <laughs> me. Um, so Max, you had a question about quarantine?
3: Yes, I have a question about quarantine. Um, I think we, we talked about quarantine last time a little bit. And I'm always thinking about quarantine. I'm always confused. By it, um, and then I'm I'm in the process of uh, looking for new housing, so I've been reading a lot of uh, housing ads and stuff like that too. <clears throat> um, so so my question, my for, for both of y'all, I guess as a conversation, maybe um, what is like what is the quarantine bubble, the quarantine circle, and this idea that like um, okay, I'm I'm quarantining still. So so the idea is like you're still upholding quarantine, like I'm still quarantining, but then I have this group of people that I don't live with, that I'm allowing into my house. And then that's what we see is what we're calling our bubble. But then that's like, I guess, still falling under the rules of quarantine. But then my understanding of COVID is that so much of COVID is spread through our traveling from places to place. So it seems like a quarantine bubble, a quarantine circle doesn't, is still spreading the germs, spreading the, the COVID by wherever you're traveling right you're still going from somebody's house to your house somebody you know wherever and then also my the next part is then do do circles overlap like if i'm in a a quarantine circle but then is everybody in that circle only we're only hanging out with each other or somebody over here not like i'm a part of another circle as well and then does it just get into all these interlinking circles
4: right yeah. Yeah, I would say that, you know, for me, I would love not to be moving right now. I would love, but my lease is up, and I would love, you know, I, would, I really would would love not to get on a plane. Um, But my mom is like, first, we were going to road trip, because we do a road trip. We do road trip all the time, driving for, from here to California. But my mom's like, no, like, we just don't. My mom's just like, no, that's not safe. Like, you, and that's just not safe right now, like, God forbid you get stuck in some hick town because you ran out of gas and this is what's going on right now. Because a lot of people think California is also liberal, but that top of California before you get to the Bay is not safe. I would just say that, as road tripping through that area. Um, but yeah, my mom is like, I want to see you. So, you know, I so she's like, I you know, please, I want to see you. And I feel like, you know, with COVID. I guess my whole thing about it is like a lot of the fear mongering that's been done by the government to like put people into submission rather than you telling like most of us people are adults like you telling us what's really going on and then allowing us to make sound decisions based on that but I think that there's so much control in America when it comes to like the government and then wanting to maintain that power and control that like all of the information they're, like I don't know if they're lying or like not about the virus existing but like about how it spreads or who knows um, but I' the you
1: know, fact they lied about the mass in the beginning
4: right, right. Yeah. So now it's like of course people are confused. I would but I would say that you know if it if it is on the level of like I am legend, like, I'm not about to be going out here not wearing a mask. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But at the same time, if it's like that, and if y'all are saying that, like, I can have it and not even know it, like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to live my life. Like, I'm not going to be going to bars and restaurants and being around friends, but I'm going to see my family. Like, I'm like I'm, I'm not going to not see my family. Like, if it if it is that, like, intense, then it's kind of like, well, what, what do we do? All I can continue to do is wear my mask, respect the six feet, and wash my hands, and Take my elderberry and like hope, like hope for the best. But what I just don't appreciate is that the government is like how they're how they're communicating the information has people like so paralyzed into like into fear, and then we're also like dealing with the the, the you know the everything that's going outside is cops and tearing the COVID outside, going crazy. Like, it's so much going on. Like, so yeah, I I would say that the good thing is that you're being cautious and that you are like, the good thing is you're being cautious and you're asking the questions and not being out here, you know, just running amok. Because like I said, if y'all hearing this, I know Max and Melanie Melanie listening to me understand where I'm coming from, but we know everything gets misconstrued in this day and age. Y'all listening. Don't take what I said about living your life and not being so consumed by fear to mean that I'm telling you to go out here without a mask, okay, and not wash your hands and not maintain 6 feet. That's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how I feel about it. So unfortunately, you know, when I go back home, I'm not going to see my friends because I'm like this is, you know, because of what's going on, the only people that I'm willing to take the risk for to either contract or unfortunately it may it give the virus is my family. And we have had, we've, we've understand and all as consenting adults agreed that we want to see each other and we want to be around each other. I'm not going to do that with my friends. So unfortunately I'm not visiting any friends when I go back to California. I'm only visiting my family. So that's kind of how I'm moving.
1: Yeah. Um, I have a bunch of friends that are doing like quarantines or pods. Um, and it's based on this idea that the people in your, in your pods or whatever are only interacting with the people in their household. They're not like going out and doing stuff. So it requires a great amount of trust, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't leave room for people to be human and people to fuck up. And I just don't think that's realistic. So it's, it's not something I'm choosing to do. I, I prefer to err on the side of safety, like complete safety especially since I'm immunosuppressed, um, and especially since I'm black, and we know that this thing ravages black folks much worse because racist medical systems. So I just I don't want to take that chance. I can't. Right. And that's your choice. And that's the problem with today, is that everybody
4: feel like they got the answers for everybody else. Listen, just do what you feel like is best for you. And if I see you, and you one of my friends, and you feel like what's not best for you is wearing a mask, well, then, I will see you in the next 10 <laughs> years, yeah, because I'm good. Yeah. What
1: about you, Max? What are you doing?
3: Um, I'm just, I'm confused. I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm still, like, I'll wear a mask when I go outside. I feel like I have, like, five different masks now to choose from. Um, Sometimes I'll wear just the bandana. Sometimes I'll go with the more, the one behind the ears. I have one that you just, like, pull up sometimes too, so depending okay. on what the, what the vibe is, it depends on what mask I'll wear, um, that wasn't the question, but, um, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm still, uh, staying in my house for the most part, I will go, you know, to, like, the Black Abbey or Alberta Abbey, um, but I, I, just walk there, I live, like, 20 minutes away, so I'll walk there, um, I have been going, yeah, I have been going to, uh, to another studio space in southeast, which is, like, a lot farther away, but, um, I've just, I've been taking lifts there, um, so I still, I guess, minimal contact, I mean, lifts are still expensive to get there, um, but, so I haven't been, I haven't been, like, going out, there's a bar, like, on the corner that I used to, like, going to before quarantine, and they've started opening back up again, but, um, I haven't, uh, I don't know if I've, I don't know if that's, like, what that is, like, I haven't become that kind of person yet, you know, put on my, uh, polo and my, uh, my dockers and my loafers started <laughs> drinking in bars and stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because then I feel like I feel, sometimes I think I'm upholding protocol and safety, and then it seems like everybody else around me isn't. So I'm like, oh, should I not? But
4: Yeah. Yeah, I think, again, just do what you feel like is best for you. And, two, you know, although this the states of Texas and Florida and Georgia, you know, haven't been doing, I, I find that, I like to not give my energy into into um, kind of like bashing other people and like being like, oh my God, like they're not wearing a mask. Like they're just being so disrespectful and like things like that because everything that's going on, like I, I get it. Like I understand people being like, I'm gonna live my life. Like, you're not, like, you control everything else in my life. And now you're gonna tell me this. So I get it. But again, I just choose for my life not to be around those people. And I choose to wear a mask. But I just, you know, I find that my energy is better well suited not like dishing negative on like judging how people are like dealing with this because there, this is like a major like thing. And that's one thing that we kind of like under the rug a little bit. I saw a lot of mental health awareness happening within the first two weeks of quarantine in March. But like ever since then, it's like everyone else who's kind of like either been able, to, who I guess deals with it, I don't want to say better, but I guess has found coping mechanisms. I've seen really those voices be louder and like, like telling everyone what they should be doing and how everyone should be dealing with this. Like when this is like really, you know, um, terrible for a lot of people and really, really, um, a lot a drag on people's emotional well-being and their like mental space that like there's a virus around at all times that is preventing them from living like their life in the way that they used to like people are grieving that as well so i just find that i just try to kind of stay within my family you know bubble and like unit and health because P.F.'s dealing with so much already, so I just don't. I just don't want to feed any more negative into this here
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm torn because, I like, on one hand, I agree with you. Like, I don't want to attach like this sort of like shaming stigma to people who are going out and doing like and not wearing masks or whatever. Because like, it's a, it's a double prong thing. Like, not only is it attaching the stigma or whatever, but also it's um it's de-incentivizing people from reporting if and when they do catch it, which will will hurt us all in in terms of research um, on the front end. But at the same time, like with what we do know about COVID, we do know that if you do go out there and you're not wearing a mask and you are asymptomatic, you could potentially kill people. And it's frustrating to live in a country where, like, if you tell... All of the citizens that wearing the masks doesn't necessarily protect them, but it protects other people. They're going to choose not to wear the masks. Yeah, Um, which makes sense for the country we're living in, but it's still really sad and depressing. So, yeah, facts. I hear that. Yeah, I hear that for sure. Yeah,
4: my family. I like. Like I said. I can tell my family what to do and I can yell at my family, but as soon as we go out of that sphere then but yeah, I'm I I was yelling at my mom and like her partner to she was wearing the mask but like he wasn't for a little bit. And like I had to like have a conversation with him, like, Hey bruh, like <laughs> like you need to wear a mask, bruh. Like, you know. Yep. See, I hear what you're
1: talking about. I mean, I have to yell at family too, they just they don't listen to me. <laughs> 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 I mean So,
3: yeah, what about you, Max? Um, No, I haven't yelled at any family. Um, (laughs) um, What else? Oh, yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, the thing that I guess I, yeah, like, I'll still be puzzled by because then I'll talk to, like, um i guess it depends on living situations but I, like i live in a house with like other roommates and then i talk to other people in different houses with different roommates and like the conversations they have and i was like oh we weren't having those conversations so, cause, like some it seems like some houses are like oh yeah you need to tell us like where you're going and um if you are going to yeah, hang out with somebody
1: houses, yes. yeah
3: and then i was like oh we didn't have any communication in my house and i was telling some other people like in different houses about the lack of communication in my house and they're like what that's crazy or that's wild that you're not, like, having any of these things. I was like, wow, like, I didn't know you guys were doing all that. So just, like, I feel like such different worlds of some people we're living in where I feel like we didn't have any of that uh, checks and balances about who was coming and who was leaving. Um, but it seems like other houses were definitely doing that. So. You
1: seriously don't have checks and balances?
3: No, not here. There hasn't been anything. <laughs> there hasn't been anything.
1: <laughs> you know what I
3: want to ask next Oh, no, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch more things that... <laughs> I can tell you about it, but
1: <laughs> you, know the, you know the one question I'm thinking. Right? Yeah, I
3: know you're you're you are correct in that assumption. Okay. Yeah.
1: It. Yes, they are. Okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm weird. laughs> well, on that note, um, I think that we are going to, um close out the conversation. Um, I want to thank Makai Ariane for coming by to stop and talk to us again. Thank you. Really, you are very busy making art things and preparing to leave Portland, so I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's do parting words. Max, what are your parting words?
3: Um. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Makai. Uh, thanks. I think you are maybe our first two time guest um, potentially but yeah so thank you for coming back I'm glad we didn't um, annoy you the first time so you, <laughs> so you came back um, my parting words are um, good luck with July everybody Okay.
1: Um, my parting words I'm gonna invoke the queen Octavia Butler um, that's all anybody can do right now live, hold out, survive I don't know whether good times are coming back again, but I know that won't matter if we don't survive these times.
4: Mm.
1: All right, Makai, what are your parting words?
4: Um, I'm going to start it off with a joke. I seen, <laughs> <laughs> I seen a meme that had Monique's face on it, and it said, read it in her voice, July, you better come in here with some sense. We started off but on a serious note I wish I wish everyone listening you know good health wellness you know love in your families and in your in your work personal all your work related, you know your relationships in your life and um, yeah you know manifest what you want really really you know live in in the beauty of what you want to create and practice those feelings you know so instead of you know practicing feelings of, of fear, uh, which we do subconsciously, you know, practice picturing December and the rest of the year of feeling happiness and feeling freedom. So that's what I've been doing. And really thought thought rehearsal is, I guess, the technique. Um, and really rehearse those feelings of, like, waking up and feeling happy and rejuvenated and, like, kind of practice that. So that's, that's my words. Wishing y'all good health and wellness throughout this year for sure. All right. Thank you.
0: Yeah, Bye, thank y'all. you. Bye. Bye. Thank y'all.